Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Is off track with Hinch and Ross. We're going to be cutting a lot because we're stepping on each other a lot because once again, I've returned to my place of having the worst Wi-Fi in the group, um, which is sad. It's been a minute, Tim. It's been a minute. It's all right. I'll head this one up. So this one, I, what, can you pronounce your name again? What was it? Mar- Marquo? Yeah, close enough. Yeah, close enough. <laughs> well, you, played uh, me, no. you played me in a uh, video. You should know. <laughs> That's true. Now we have one of our, both of our best friends coming on to join us today. Marco Andretti um, had to just sit here and wait for like 10 minutes while James figured out his internet. So that was fun. It was a good intro. First of all, it was three minutes um, and you can calm down. Second of all, I've already told Marco this, he way overdressed for this interview uh, because he's wearing pants as far as we know. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah. In Nameless Tuesday episode, we have Marco. Very excited. We've been trying to have him on for a couple weeks. Uh, very busy man for a guy that has been semi-retired for a while. Uh, but that's part of the reason why we wanted to have you on is because you're not really semi-retired anymore. But we're going to get to that. Before we get to that, we're going to cover the semi-retired part. So, Marco, you raced full-time in IndyCar for what? Like 600 years? Something like that. Yeah. I mean, uh, so that, well, full-time would have been what, 15 years? Yeah. 15, a lot of starts, a lot of experience, more 8500s now than your dad, I'm pretty sure, which is wild. Um, and yeah, a few years back, you stepped away from full-time IndyCar, which had been like your life since you were 19 years old. And you've done, you've done obviously SRX. We know about that. You're an SRX champion. We know about that. But I think that people just want to know, like, what, what's life been like for Marco Andretti since kind of stepping back from full-time IndyCar racing, still doing the 500. We know about SRX, but that's six weeks a year. So just tell people, A, what you've been up to, how you've been spending your time, and just kind of what that transition was like, because you literally grew up at a racetrack, you know, between your, your grandfather and your dad and then started racing yourself, did, you know, a 15 year career at the top of the sport. And then you just step away from all that. I mean, man, that must've been a big change. It was, it was, but I think, you know, it was, it was time. Um, you know, I'm not sure, uh, um, you know, to me, it it just, I'm I'm put everything into Indianapolis. So it just made sense at the time. And, and, uh, you know, I I still do, I still am, um, going to try to, as long as I'm blessed with sponsors, come back and try to win this thing. And, uh, you know, we, 
we were able to put it on pole a few years ago, but we've kind of since then, and I haven't been, I haven't been happy with the car speed. So hopefully this year we can, we can play. Um, but, um, I don't know. It was kind of a natural transition for me, really. I mean, I have other stuff going on, uh, different businesses and stuff like that. It keep, keeps me busy enough, but, um, it was kind of perfect timing with SRX with, with Tony's deal coming together there. And, um, it was, it was a different sandbox for me, but I, I, I was pleasantly surprised with how comfortable I was. Um, I know there are shorter tracks and stuff like that, but, um, I had an open mind. I didn't know if I was going to be lapped or going to win and, and, uh, you know, it ended up being on the, on the good side of things. So like, yeah, I mean, l- let's talk about that a little bit. Cause get this call from Tony. He's starting a new series. Tony obviously is a good friend of yours. And so you don't want to say no to friends, but was there ever any like reservation about doing it because it was kind of so far out your wheelhouse? I think it was right on time, honestly, because I mean, it, it helped fill another six races for me. So, uh, you know, with two, two weeks at, at Indy plus those six races, plus my other businesses, I was like, this is a decent transition, you know? So, um, but we were able to really maximize that opportunity, you know, um, got a race win the first year, got to hang with you that night. Um, and then, uh, you know, second year able to win the, the championship this year was a bummer. I mean, if I, if I wouldn't have lost my breaks, I could have beat Denny at, at, um, at Stafford. And then that would have put me closer to Newman at the end of the year, but instead still able to tie Brad Keselowski, which is, you know, an honor for me. So, uh, a rarity for off track. I actually did a little bit of research before this interview. Um, and I realized that amongst the three of us, we each averaged two thirds of a rookie of the year award. So I thought that was kind of cool. Did I get that right? Hinch got that right. Cause Mark, we are you each? You- no, we each average two thirds. No, him and I have one. Yes. As a as a so combined then, so then two whole, divided by three is two thirds. Anyway, uh, no, I was looking over you. You're Math's like, hard. Obviously, you come into IndyCar and and you come in with the Andretti legacy and you have all these comparisons. So I was looking it up, uh, comparing your and your dad's like Indy 500 starts. So this will be, and I, I was surprised by this number. This will be your 168th Indy 500. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, they, so that you've had 18 starts you've had a pole you've had two front rows you've had 11 11 uh top 10 starts eight top 10 finishes like you, you you've led 141 laps you know you you guys have this history at the indy 500 and uh i feel like you kind of get slept on some years but you've been kicking the 500 for as long as you've been doing it yeah i mean i'm not happy about the last couple of years so i'm really really pushing to get back on form there um but yeah we've run really well there for whatever reason i mean i really t- took a liking to that place and you know uh people question you know is it harder to come back not driving all year and and uh i think that's one place where you have enough practice you know what i mean like that's why i think you see a lot of rookies fast because they have two two weeks there but um so no i don't think that's the case i think uh you know, you'll probably see me flat out of the pits the first lap and and uh, feel right at home. It's usually how it works when you rock up to the speedway. I always loved being teammates with you because we'd always we'd always send you out first because we knew you'd be like flat fastest and we'd get the quickest read on everything. So that was good to see that hasn't changed. Um, unlike Tim's raging uncreativity, uh, which is ironic given his profession, quote unquote profession. Um, everybody knows about your IndyCar stuff. So I didn't want to focus too much on that because you talked about that a lot and, uh, and all the rest of it. We, I want to talk about, you know, more recent stuff. So, we, we, you know, we covered SRX and then you, t- you talk about these other business interests you have. Are you comfortable sharing with people? Because I've always admired that 
you were one of the drivers that kind of always had that eye to things outside of the sport, right? Like you always had this kind of business mind. You were looking for opportunities, not in a distracting way, nothing that like took you away from your job as a driver, but you always kind of had these things going in the background, which I always found really cool and really fascinating and something that I always tried to do and, and looked up to other guys that did it. So what are some of the businesses that you're involved in? How much of it's new? How much of it's something that you were always working on? And now you've just sort of stepped into a bigger role. Um, I, uh, so 2012, I started um, investing back in the, the Lehigh Valley where I live and, and like apartment buildings and stuff like that. My neighbor here actually got me into it. And a cool story is like the building I used to sweep for him for $10 an hour is my first purchase. Uh, so that was the first building that I owned. So that was really cool. But we're able to grow that with collateral. I don't have a lot of racing capital into that. So that that's a totally separate deal. And, and um, now brought my dad in on that. We're up to like eight buildings now in the area, apartment buildings and sushi restaurant, daycare, office, warehouse, gyms, like stuff like that. But uh, mostly residential. Um, I just want to try to be smart because I'm super blessed to be, you know, still, still going in the sport, but, um, you know, you never know what can happen. And, and, uh, you know, normally it's short lived. I mean, it's like, you know, professional athletes across the board. It's, it's, uh, we're lucky to be in it as, as long as we are for sure. What was there any business that you've got your eye on that you haven't kind of dived into yet, but down the road is something that you want to tackle or you just want to keep growing the real estate empire? I don't know. I mean, I, I was able to make money on an airplane too, which is kind of crazy. Um, it's <laughs> You're uh, the only one. You're the only guy yeah. that's done that. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a, we have a um, aviation business and partnership with East coast jets here in the area. They have a ton of awesome clients. So that thing's never on the ground. So that, that does good. Um, but uh, other than that, I mean, I, I'm kind of more like my grandfather. I was as far as one to just drive and not really be in the ownership side of things. You know, I'm, I'm a partner on my car and stuff like that, um, with the team, but, um, maybe ownership down the road we can look at. Um, was but, your grandpa uh, involved in racing? Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. He tried. <laughs> Spinoza, uh, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm actually, my focus now is my new schedule really. So, uh, after that, we'll, we'll see if we can try to stay busy some other way. Uh, he mentioned the schedule. So let's, this is, you know, this is kind of the, the mean potatoes of it. Now let's talk about what Marco Andretti is doing in 2024. You're back to, I mean, I don't know. I would qualify this as full-time racing, so to speak. Um, kind of dipping your toes now into the stock car world. Talk about, first of all, kind of how this opportunity came up. Uh, I know you've done a couple truck races now. You did those last year. Talk about those experiences a little bit. And then let's get into what's on the schedule for 2024. Yeah, I think last year was kind of like a little bit of a tryout. Um, I think, you know, those three races, I think, went a lot better than the results showed. Um, you know, my first ever time I had 20 minutes in the truck and we were qualified seventh with a little bit of, of, uh, understeer, which could have been a lot better, almost front row. So I was really happy with the first deal and then it, it rained and we were, you know, it was a messy race, but, um, Homestead, the problem with those races is there's not a lot of practice. So you don't get comfortable until right the third stint. And by that time, you know, track positions not on your side, right? So you have to kind of, uh, if you're on the lead lap then you can kind of fight back the third stage. But we uh, went off strategy at Homestead and we were one yellow away from winning the race there. So um, that would have been a good second race for me there. But, um, you know, uh, and then had a little mistake in uh, in Phoenix qualifying, got loose, 
and just trap myself a lap down early there. But um, I like the same thing in Phoenix. You just get third stand and, and uh, getting comfortable. And then I got turned in a straight line there. So um, that brought up talks for this year. What do we want to do? And, you know, talking with, um, you know, everybody on, on my team and everything like that, I think what we came up with, I'm really comfortable with and happy with because we were first at first talking about doing full-time trucks. But the problem with that is, you're not going to be comfortable anywhere you go for 20, you know, 20 minute practice qualify and you're in. So performance wise, I don't think we would have looked awesome until about halfway through the season. So that's why I really like the mix of ARCA and trucks because ARCA provides a lot more practice as well. So um, the comfort level should be up. Right. You know, I went, I went from not knowing what I'm doing to being one of the favorites to win Daytona in a couple of weeks. So, um, you know, I think if we just stay clean there, we have a fast enough, you know, deal to do it. And and you're partnering with uh, group 1001 for that, right? Like, yes, yeah, they, so this, this been... was, yeah, it was actually Dan's idea back in, in the day. And I'm like, man, that would take a lot to get me to, to re-engage again. But I think I just tapped into my love for the sport again and, and, and fun and partnering with Bruce cook and all that. And, uh, you know, we just kind of went full steam ahead and, and put a program together. And luckily, you know, Dan and group 1001 stepped up to make it happen. So, um, you know, I think it'll be perfect. Cause I think by the end of the year, we'll be able to know number one, if I want to double my schedule, cause that's a, you know, when you run 21 races, you're gonna have to double that for, if you go any, you know, higher in the sport, um, or just, you know, what's up next. I think it'll, it'll, it'll be clearer for me, clearer for everybody. So it's, uh, I think it's a perfect scenario. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Well, I think the question everybody on everybody's mind regarding the future you're racing is, um, when do you start sending me bottles of Camus? Um, well, you so didn't like, I see that. I've been I see that, that myself. Yeah. 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 Well, you did mention it. Yeah. It's one of my partners, but the reason I have to have a partnership with them is because of you two coming to my house. So, <laughs> um, 
you know, wouldn't, wouldn't be able to afford it otherwise. You're welcome. That's I can, the best yeah. answer I could have I could have dreamt of coming out of your mouth for that one. So yes, we can uh, exactly. You're welcome that for that partnership. Big fan yeah. of of the the bottles and what's inside of them. I like to consume it uh, often with food, sometimes without though. So what is the actual schedule? How many ARCA races? How many truck races are we doing in 24? We're doing 13 ARCA races and uh, six truck. So seven truck. So, you know, we have a 20 race deal, um, which I think you know, it's perfect to, to really just see what we what we got. And, and a lot of the truck races are places I've been already. So the comfort level should hopefully be there. Um, a couple of them are, are where I ran last year, too. So gives me a second crack at those which ones are you looking forward to the most like is there a certain track or like because obviously you've never done a plate race so are you looking forward to daytona or is daytona kind of like a man i've never done this so i don't know i'm more looking forward to going back to homestead for example i want to i want that monster trophy at dover you know i want like uh you know i want <laughs> cool nostalgic trophy but no i mean i think daytona is going to be more of a survival thing like you know if we're there at the end we could be one of the ones to beat but um what I'm uncomfortable with there is like, you know, just being pushed on the straightaways and corners. And sometimes, most of the times in my case now, it's by guys you don't know, right? And so you don't know whether you can trust them or not. Um, so that's a little uncomfortable. But uh, other than that, I really all season, like I think the road courses, we can we can be the ones to beat there as well right away. But um, what I'm looking forward to are the ones that I haven't been to, like a lot of the NASCAR staples. So how many road courses are in your program for next year? Um, I have to look, I think like five, but, um, I'm running double duty at a, at a bunch too. So, um, you know, some I'll, I'll run, uh, Arca and truck in the same day, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about the Glen get to go back there. It's been a while. Um, you know, last time I was there was with my cousin and we almost, we had that race one, but, uh, P1 car took us out, uh, late in, late in that six hours. So. Um, so backtracking a little bit to SRX, the announcement came out that the series is suspended, is suspending its running for at least a year. Uh, and then simultaneously, IROC was announced as returning to racing with one of the guys that helped start SRX, Ray Evernham. What, I mean, what did you make of that whole situation? And is there still a potential for you to maybe get involved in one or the other in the future? I was I was talking to Ray about it, and uh, my name's definitely in the hat for that. I'm I'm a big Ray fan, and uh, you know I hit it off with him right away. Him and I went actually, uh, we were playing in the Dunes, which was a, one of the craziest experiences of my life. Um, you know, with Tony, Kyle Busch, and all those guys, Jeff Gordon. So that was a fun fun time. Heard of, but heard of him? Yeah, me too. But um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much how. One of the fun things watching on your social media, you're posting everything. What's, can you tell us what the deal is with the whole like friendship with Mark Wahlberg? Cause that's, that's turned into municipal and, and like a partnership. How did that even. And did he send you his upper body workout? Cause I've noticed your arms are looking a little cutting out of your, pushing out your sleeves and there. I think it's just... more importantly is, are you, is he a closer friend than I am? Um, like if, I, I, if we're both in town at the same time, who gets the French room? Yeah, it's a tough one, man. I don't know. I mean, I've talked to, him, <laughs> talked to him a few times. It was actually, it's a cool story the way it came about. Number one, you want to talk about my upper body. That's just off-season NASCAR weight, man. But um, I think uh, <laughs> you know, it was it was kind of cool how that came about. He actually cold called me, FaceTime me, and uh, like, this is cool. And 
he goes, I want to talk to you. I think you and I, you know, we live similar lives. We're both, you know, very faith-based and have a lot of cool friends and a lot going on. He goes, I want you to talk to my kids about the pressures and how you dealt with everything, um, you know, with just being third generation, everything like that, because supposedly they're they're going through a lot of that right now. So, um, you know, it was a really cool exchange that we had. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I'm just you know, happy to, to just be friends with him. I'm, I've always looked up to him. I think he's a hard worker. Um, and you know, he has a ton going on as well, but, um, yeah, I would have to give him the French room to answer your question. Mother. So <laughs> let me, I, let me get this right. He cold call FaceTimed you. So you're sitting That's there a, one day and your phone that. goes off and it's a number you don't recognize calling FaceTime video, which is already like, seems like a sketchy thing to answer. But you answer it, and Mark Wahlberg is looking at you. Is that? So, am I to understand that's how this happens? You don't even answer when I Facetime, and you know my number. Well, wow, that's very line. intentional. That's, yeah. Right. <laughs> um, but no, I skipped the part. I mean, he he hit me up on Instagram. I gave him my my number, and then he didn't call right away. So it's still it still ended up like I don't a know this shocking. number, but it, yeah. it's probably him type. <laughs> That is a pretty cool way to get an introduction to Mark Wahlberg. And it just so happens that the yeah, clothes cool. are pretty cool. So it works out. Can't help stuff. but notice, along with the Camus, I also haven't gotten any municipal shirts from you. Just You're learning weird. a lot. You're learning a lot. About <laughs> After it's I weird that he still hanging. hasn't picked up on this, eh? Like, it's funny. <laughs> I only came on this show. Well, two reasons. One, Rossi's not on today. And two, <laughs> just, to, just to reiterate our relationship. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, because just, just so we're clear, I have had several cases of Camus and boxes of municipal gear delivered Love to my that. house. I, I sort of assumed. Well, you got a car. I, oh, sorry. I just, <laughs> we already know you guys. I did also friends. get a car. <laughs> all right. Can we tell that story just to wrap this all up? Because I love this. <laughs> I love how this happened. It's, it's so funny. Because like 10 minutes ago, I was driving down the street and I was trying to take a picture of a march on the road to send to Marco, but he turned off in front of me. So uh, Marco and Billy came to visit Becky and I in the Bahamas last year. And our rental car was this tiny little Nissan March. It was older. It was dated. It had been used and abused. But it was our, you know, trusty little vehicle for the time we were down here. And when we went to go pick them up from the airport, the, I don't know if surprise, shock, or like just general uh, disapproval was the more overwhelming uh, emotion coming off of Marco when I rocked up to pick him up in a little Nissan March. Uh, and all I did was talk about, I was just defending the car like vehemently. Like, no, it's not that. It's really, you get used to it. It's a really good car, blah, blah, blah. So then one day, Marco texts, this is months later, Marco texts me and he's like, hey man. We can't skip the part where we had to sit on our bags and there was no air conditioning in the Bahamas. So hospitality was unbelievable. First of all, you only had to sit on your bags to and from the airport. The rest of the time, you had ample space back there. And the air conditioning is the windows being down. So yeah, fine. Was the steering wheel With straight? The top speed of no, it was not. Hour, Were the know. floor mats clean? Of course not. Yeah, zero to 60 down a hill. That's not the point, guys. You're focusing on all the wrong things. It had character, it had charm. 
So one day I'm sitting at home and Marco texts me. He goes, hey, I'm about to do really, I'm about to buy you a really stupid gift. If I do that, do you promise to use it every day for the month of May? And I mean, of course the answer is yes, right? Like I yeah, have, there's yeah. no way somebody could not agree to that. This is like in March or something. Completely kind of forget about it. And then May comes around. He's like, hey man, I'm flying in this day. Can I come to your house? And I was like, yeah, of course. So he swings by the house and he's like, hey, are you ready to see the gift now? I'm like, yeah, I guess. He's kind of made a thing about this. And we walk outside and there's like a, I don't even know what year it is. This is terrible. It's like an early 90s Nissan March right-hand drive in beautiful royal blue sitting in my driveway that he has stickered up with a bunch of stickers that are basically our life in inside jokes in bumper sticker <laughs> form. And uh, I had to drive it to the racetrack every day for the you're, month you're of May. You're a very big fan of mine. You could tell by the stickers. Yeah, there were a lot of Marco stickers on that. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of Marco stickers. Uh the the best part well there were, so there's two funny stories that come out of that well actually first of all how did you find this car and how drunk were you when you bought it so actually that was that was on Jake my uh, um, yard guy and friend of mine he uh, he he was on Facebook Marketplace because we were talking about doing it and he's like dude I just found one in Baltimore and I'm like all right let's pick it up tomorrow so he got a flatbed and he drove all the way out there to get it and then he drove it all the way to your house. And we met him there, so uh, he made it happen. So I can't take full credit for it. I just love any prank that requires like it, it was a so good. significant tax bill. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I don't know how that worked. <laughs> yeah, I, I I do recall Marco saying at one point he was like, "I just hope that this ends up being such a pain in your ass because you just don't know what to do with a car." You know, you. And uh, I got to be honest with you, it hasn't. It's been remarkable and uh, very very additive to my life. Um, it backfired on me. The pretty bad. the two funny. Uh, not only did he love it, yeah. he he drove it everywhere. He, he parked it in my bus spot, so then I couldn't park there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but it was funny. Like we'd be downtown in Indy at all these restaurants and sponsor appearances, and <laughs> Jim's drive by downtown. It's it was hilarious. So, yeah. So by this point, uh, because it was in the bus lot and people heard the story. Some of our fellow, you know, uh, comrades in arms of the IndyCar world decided to be funny to go and hacksaw the muffler off, <laughs> which is only a tragedy because the car was in such good condition. Like the previous owner clearly loved this thing and took very good care of it. So within a week of owning it, my friends butchered it with a hacksaw. The 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 knock on effect though is now it sounds <laughs> awesome. Like now it sounds like I've <laughs> souped the thing up, but it's got like four hundred horsepower. And so I would just sit in the bus lot, like revving it. It's like, wow, wow, wow. And before it was like totally silent. So yeah, like we'd be downtown going to spots or things. And like, you know, Marco's car is in valet. He's got like a Urus in valet. And, and Alex has his McLaren in valet. And I rock up in my 92 March, which we, <laughs> which Marco altered the badge on the back. So he turned to March and it's like scratched out and says Maybach. Uh, so, so yes, I was cruising on that. So then the other, the other funny day was I was going to, to the track for the 20th time that month. And I was like, I wonder, so if you pull out of my neighborhood, uh, you pull on the street and you can get onto the highway from there 
And I wanted to see pulling out of my neighborhood how far I could get into the into the drive going full throttle in Daisy. You videoed. So I turned left out of my neighborhood, and I I went full throttle from my stop sign until the exit at Crawfordville Road, and I had to like hit the brakes for the stoplight. She only does seventy four miles an hour. And so on ramp and then dodging in and out of traffic, I managed to not lift once. The thing was pegged at 74. Why? Like so obnoxiously loud because there was no muffler. Down 465, just dodging in and out of people. Never had to lift. And it was it was, it was like seven straight minutes of flat out. And it was one of the funniest mornings of the trip. So thank you for that. Um, I owe you something. I've, I've, I'm, I'm now working on a prank gift to have, you know, unannounced delivered to your house, but Great. still a work in progress. When is, when is Daytona? It's uh, the 17th. So here in a couple of weeks, February. So it's coming up. You've done all your like licensing and stuff, right? You don't have to do any, you don't have to, there's not like a rookie orientation or anything that you have to do like for Indy, right? It was probably just running that, that test. Um, it was, we were supposed to run two days, but we were quickest all day. The first day I was comfortable in traffic. And so we were like, you know, it's not worth bending the thing now that it's, it's fast. So let's see how we go when we come back. And you know, what's crazy qualifying is not single car. It's a draft fest. It's draft qualifying. Yeah. Which I'm not unexcited about, you know, me. So, um, you know, we'll see <laughs> well, how Marco Todretti. That's right. Uh, I put my bets in now, man. Marco for pole. No questions asked in the ARCA race in Daytona. <laughs> well, hey, buddy, look, I want to thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I wish you all the best for this new venture. Very, very excited for you. I am going to make it to some races. I can't do Daytona. I really wanted to be there for the first one, but I'm up in Toronto because uh, I'm old. Um, I'm getting inducted into a Hall of Fame, which is really an honor and also just very sobering because it means i'm old what? Yeah, mario kart uh mario kart hall of fame because i'm better than both y'all at mario kart uh but yeah best of luck with daytona and the rest no, of the season no. and thanks for coming <laughs> thanks for coming on i'm sorry that tim was here yeah thanks for tracking me down i know three months ago i gave you that i'm going through a tunnel thing so I'm, i don't have service <laughs> but here we are three three months later we made it happen. yeah i meant to ask you where was that tunnel because it was very it's, long it was very long yeah well, we made it. <laughs> we made it. Here we are. <laughs> this has been Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Off Track is part of the Sirius XM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts. We are at Ask Off Track on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to follow us on Twitter individually, I'm at Hinchtown. He's Alexander Rossi. And if you want to follow Thim, though we have no idea why you would, He's at the Tim Durham on Twitter. Follow us on YouTube and subscribe to our channel for exclusive video content. Off Track is produced by Tim Durham, and by that we mean Finn. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot 
for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.